I believe that the most positive influence we can have on our own lives and on our relationships and our communities comes from our own sovereignty, the direct meeting place between ourselves and universal consciousness. It is our true source of wisdom, guidance, stability, creativity, and love. I believe we can deepen our sovereignty and this connection through heart-focused meditation and the transcendent language of poetry. Welcome to the Sovereignty Clinic Podcast with Dr. Zan Nix, a new platform for exploring human consciousness through the lens of spirituality and poetry. Dr. Zan Nix is a teacher, poet, singer, songwriter, and coach. Her books of poetry include An Ocean of Fierce Loving, Poems on Love and Transformation, and Unchosen Poems. This Life is the title of her album of original music. Today's episode was recorded on May 4th, 2020, and the topic is sovereignty. The connection within our hearts to the universal consciousness. We will explore together how to deepen this connection and expand our capacity to be a source of stability and grounding for ourselves and others during these pandemic times. I am going to start with a poem by Neruda that is uh, prophetic for these times, and it's called Keeping Quiet. Now we will count to 12, and we will all keep still for once on the face of the earth. Let's not speak in any language. Let's stop for a second and not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden strangeness. Fishermen in the cold sea would not harm whales. And the man gathering salt would not look at his hurt hands. Those who prepare green wars, wars with gas, wars with fire, victories with no survivors, would put on clean clothes and walk about with their brothers in the shade doing nothing. What I want should not be confused with total inactivity. Life is what it's about. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing, perhaps a huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. Now I'll count up to 12 and you keep quiet and I will go. So last month we talked about the spiritual invitations of these times. And today I'm gonna to talk about um, a real important subject and that is the subject of sovereignty. And uh, it's one of the, the, the invitations we talked about was about upsizing our inner lives as we downsized our outer lives. And one of the benefits of doing that is sovereignty. And one of the ways of getting there is through meditation. So some of you had a real opportunity to 
practice upsizing your inner lives. And some of you probably got busier and uh, your lives became more complex in the last month. But no matter what it is, no matter um, how it's been for you, as we go forward and work through these times and come out somehow on the other end, one thing remains incredibly important, and that is to deepen and keep that connection strong with our sovereignty. So I believe the most empowered and positive influence we have on our world and relationships comes from the connection with our hearts to source. And the Balinese call this Atman. They believe that the place in ourselves, the Atman in ourselves, is what is connected to God or um, source or spiritual consciousness, whatever you want to call it, whatever we call it is never going to reach what it actually is. But they call this part of ourselves Atman. So when we say namaste, what we're, what we're actually saying is the Atman in me or the God in me is greeting the Atman in you or the God in you. So that's actually what that means. So meditation is a way to strengthen our sovereignty. So what is sovereignty? The dictionary defines it as a self-governing state or autonomy or freedom. When we separate from periods of time from our outer world, as we do in meditation, that awareness can result in an infinite flow of inspiration, guidance, and wisdom. At these times, we are self-governing with a capital S, self being synonymous with Atman. So often this attention gets misinterpreted in our culture as self-focus or self-absorption or selfishness, but the, the, the self we're talking about here is the self with a capital S. It has nothing to do with ego. It's the seed of gratitude and generosity. And this is where trust comes from and also our spontaneity. So this is a poem I wrote about that sovereignty and it's called What We Leave Behind. What we leave behind is our creativity our kindness, our love, not only for others, but acts of love towards ourselves as well. The ways we courageously walk in the direction of our belonging. Too often, this gets written off as selfish, but I say it's the way God most profoundly intervenes. When we are true to our own hearts, we are truer to others. Being attentive to ourselves has never meant ignoring the needs of others, as is so often proposed. It means being honest, real, authentic, natural, empathic, God. So another misinterpretation we have in our culture sometimes is this state of being is often associated with non-productivity, inactivity, passivity, 
But operating from a state of being simply means that the activity or productivity that happens is a natural expression. Think nature like a tree. A tree grows because it is a tree. It's all it can do. And we are nature as well. So that state of being is actually a state of flow, like the tree. And our capacity beyond what we have already known is heightened. Our awareness of that is heightened. So that is how we open to new paradigms, new creativity, new insights, um, by being in that state of flow, which is actually not inactive at all. So why is this so important now? Well, many of us have had plans and ideas of what we were going to do this year. And the world we're living in right now is not the world that we started living in when we started this year. So for me, at the beginning of the year, I did what I've done for the last 40 years, and I sat down and I wrote out my intentions for the year. And one of those intentions was to travel extensively at the end of the year. So there's a new opportunity to listen to what's real and what's happening right now. Like what is right now about? Because a lot of our plans are not right now anymore. And so for me, it's been clearing a space in my garden that has now become more of a garden and less wild and it's beautiful. It's been for me learning how to build rock walls and bridges and things I've never known to how to do. And none of that was on my agenda for this year. So by having a regular practice of checking in and quieting down and listening, we have a more creative capacity for knowing what we're to do now with our time and our energy. Sometimes when we feel lost or disappointed, the best thing we can do is stop and listen. And this is a poem by David Wagner called Lost. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here, and you must treat it as a powerful stranger. Must ask permission to know it and be known. The forest breathes. Listen. It answers, I have made this place around you. If you leave it, you may come back again, saying, here. No two trees are the same to raven. No two branches are the same to wren. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost. Stand still. The forest knows where you are. You must let it find you. So if we don't have a practice of continually coming back to that stillness, we can get distracted and find ourselves being active in ways that aren't that meaning, meaningful to us. We can become scattered. 
or become more of a reflection of who other people think we are or want us to be. There's a great scene in um, Julia Roberts in Runaway Bride when they ask her, you know, how she wants her eggs in the morning. And she has no idea how she likes her eggs because somebody has always ordered for her. And so she becomes confused by that. So when we listen deeply, we are transparent to ourselves and we, there's no division between our congruency, which creates weakness and a lack of clarity. We, we know what we want, but we're listening from a place that's deeper inside of us and not coming from the outside. When we act from sovereignty, our willpower takes on another dimension. As Father Thomas Keating writes in this quote, the chief act of will is not effort, but consent. To try to accomplish things by force of will is to reinforce the false self. But as will goes up the ladder of interior freedom, its activity becomes more and more one of consent to God or spirits coming to the inflow of grace. So when we listen deeply to ourselves, we're able also to have a greater capacity to listen to others. As Hafiz said, everyone is God speaking. Why not be polite and listen to him? And when we really integrate the concept of Atman within ourselves and within everybody else, everybody else does become God. Even the challenging peoples in our lives become God. Even ourselves become God. Two of my favorite poets had this advice to give to young poets just starting out. They are both suggesting being true to one's own sovereignty as a direction for good writing. William Stafford advised, find the language that leads you easily onward in so natural a way you do not need to be smart. And Rupi Carr wrote this in her poem called To All of You Young Poets. Your art is not about how many people like your work. Your art is about if your heart likes your work, if your soul likes your work. It's about how honest you are with yourself. And you must never trade honestly, honesty for relatability. So the qualities that we're needing at this time, feeling grounded, trusting in things we can't see or be certain about, our capacity to create new paradigms and opportunities are not going to be found through our mental problem-solving skills, but more through receptivity, awareness, and trust in Atman and our sovereignty. For some of us, it may also require an enormous amount of courage in the face of loss, perhaps loss of health, perhaps loss of economic security, dreams, plans. But it's interesting to know the word for courage came from a French word, cour, which means heart. So sovereignty is not doing it alone or figuring it out alone. That's not what I'm saying here. 
We need each other. And it may be counterintuitive, but as we embrace our sovereignty, our oneness within, we realize how dependent we really are on each other, how connected we really are. One might compare it to yoga. I don't know about it right now because most of us are doing yoga alone in our front rooms with the internet. <laughs> so it's not like it used to be. But how it used to be is we'd be in a room with a lot of other people doing yoga. So we weren't alone. But what was absolutely as important is that we were strong in our own cores. So it's, that's a good metaphor for what I'm talking about here. In the same way that uh, dancing tango, a good follower becomes a good follower by having a very strong core in themselves. And that's the people you really want to dance with. So we're going to do a practice of, yoga, of uh, meditation right now. And it's Radaya meditation. And Radaya means spiritual heart. And so the reasons for doing Radaya meditation are threefold. One is it focuses on the heart. And with a practice of focusing consistently on our own heart, it begins to expand and it begins to open up and allow more of that connection with Atman or our sovereignty. So number two, we have more of a connection with Atman and sovereignty. And number three, by that openness and by that, that growing of capacity, we begin to receive more of the guidance and the wisdom and the creativity, just as a practice. Think of it as like a, a runner preparing to run a marathon. Every time that training happens, it allows for more capacity to run 26 miles. And that's kind of like what happens with a practice of Radaya meditation. More and more the heart grows and has the capacity to receive. So I'd like you to get comfortable, find a seat, a seated position where you can keep your back straight, close your eyes, and take three very, very deep breaths. and relax into your breathing. Put your focus on your chest area, your heart. And just breathe into your heart. If your mind gets active, just come back to your breathing. Just come back to focus on your breathing and your heart.
As you're breathing, notice the void at the top of your in-breath and the bottom of your out-breath. And just hang in that void between breaths. Now keep your eyes closed and I'm going to end with this one very short poem that I wrote called Trust. Letting go of old expectations, sinking down to an invisible seafloor of change, growing quieter, I begin to hear a new voice. This beautiful not knowing is a freedom in itself. So remember, home is where the heart is. So stay home. <laughs> Save lives. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the Sovereignty Clinic Podcast with Dr. Zan Nix. For more from Dr. Zan Nix, go to drzannix.com or subscribe to this podcast. We hope you found this time enjoyable. Have a great day.